Welcome, welcome, welcome to Adventures into Reality. I am your host, Andrew Bartzis, and I'm joined by my intrepid co-host, Kathy Ma. Hello, everyone. What a wonderful, joyous day it is. I love this weather. I'm loving everything about life right now. <laughs> Fall has come with its fall impression. The, the evergreens are still green here in the evergreen state, and those few trees that have colored leaves are now fully colored and leaves blowing on the ground. Mm. It's really nice to have a relief from the heat, I have to say. <laughs> and the bugs. Tough, tough, so yes, and the bugs and the spiders. <laughs> Although I have not seen any touch wood um, since my last episode with them. And I did go through all those revocations you told me to. And I really think I've turned a corner there. You've turned a spider corner. Yes, I feel like they're still lurking there in the background somewhere. But, you know, Rome wasn't can, built in a day. <laughs> exactly. And they can lurk back there instead of on your foot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Us and nature, right? <laughs> exactly. We, we all have that that uh, unique connection to nature, whether it's, you know, going out and feeling the breeze on your face, the sun, the sun on your brow, or just having one of those, you know, internal contemplative moments where you listen to, to everything in its own musical orchestra of nature. Mm, yes, that is so true. That is so true. And, you know, one of the, the strange things to me about now being in America is, you know, fall and harvest has started. Um, because where I'm from, we don't have fall and harvest. So I thought we went straight into Halloween. I didn't really understand the distinction. But yeah. now I can already see it, and, you know, I've, I've also got the fall harvest stuff up on my door, and I'm getting all excited. <laughs> so do the leaves really change colors where you're at? They do, they do. Um, although summer's been much longer, apparently, here in the south, so it's only just started. The cooler weather started, the leaves are starting to turn. So probably another two weeks, it's just going to be magical carpet everywhere, in the trees and on the ground. I mean, yes. it's such a beautiful time of year here. When I grew up in Ohio, I would look forward to the changing of the leaves because you would see color mixtures that you could mm. not describe. You know, some trees were, they, they look like they were, you know, red with fire energy and other ones, you know, were green one day and literally in hours they were yellow. Yeah, yeah. It, it truly is so amazing. And because there's so much greenery, it, you know, I can spend hours sitting on the back deck just staring at the tree. <laughs> right. And <laughs> then you start the walk, yeah, walking in the leaves and making the leaf crunching sound and all the mm -hmm. little, you know, uh, hovering of leaves that follow around you. Yeah. I know. It's just so wonderful. And then, then, of course, you've got to get to the raking of the leaves. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, okay, this part not so wonderful. <laughs> exactly. I, I have a little story. So in, in our in our in the house that I grew up in, we we have uh, three acre or five acre lots, and we're on like a big cul-de-sac. So there's like seventy homes in the little in the area that we're at over you know huge span of space, and they all have trees. So one neighbor's leaves will blow into our yard one day. We'll pick them up one day. Our leaves will blow into the yard. They'll pick them up, and it's this never-ending leaf collection process. <laughs> never ending leaf collection process and if you don't do a good job all winter long leaves get tracked in on your shoes from the snow <laughs> many a times that i heard my mother say how bad of a leaf collection we job job we did because of all the leaves that still made it in 
<laughs> You're like, but there's something on telly. <laughs> Oh, I know what you mean. It's just it, nonstop, absolutely yeah. nonstop. Um, and so, you know, the, magical, but when you have to do the raking, I mean, not that I have to do the raking. My hubby's so hardworking. He does the raking. <laughs> but watching him doing the raking, <laughs> it's, it's really breaking yeah. stuff. <laughs> right. Well, that is what my older brother would do to, to us two younger brothers. He would oversee the raking. And in fact, he would just sit there and drink drink his tea or whatever. <laughs> well, there has to be an overseer, right? Oh, you missed that one over there. <laughs> What's that, that karmic overseer? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you one thing I have noticed, though, the last few weeks. I don't know if it's everywhere or just where I am, but the incidents of fire ants just popping up in their homes just pop up everywhere is unbelievable what's popping up fire ants that you know they oh, yes, yes. no that's that's something going on in the groundwater and they're coming they're coming out uh for their either expansion or mating or the dryness or whatever is affected them has really caused them to have their next level Oh. We had a big burst of what's called uh, a tiny ants here. So they're think of a normal ant, and they're like one tenth the size, mm -hmm. and they they go through this expansion at the end, just before as they're expanding, making new queens and stuff. And uh, so there would be millions of them, and I mean millions. I was you know using my vacuum cleaner and sucking them up because they were coming through the one one window <laughs> sill here. <laughs> That's very inventive. <laughs> because uh, yeah, I just keep seeing them pop up on my when I walk the dog and I you know I'm getting paranoid like have to avoid so many things because you know one ant can really do a lot of damage to a dog or to you yeah well to me also <laughs> exactly but I'm going to pretend it's the dog <laughs> you know and then it's like is that a fire ant nest or is it just a normal ant nest <laughs> like the only way you're really going to tell is if you like put a stick in it isn't it and that's the thing you don't want to do <laughs> that that's the only thing you don't want to do especially with the fire ants yes yeah <laughs> yes so uh let's hope that this phase only lasts a short period of time well they're getting ready for winter that's what the ants are doing they're making a new hive a new a new place a new den whatever you want to call it oh so, so they're, they're like relocating yeah they're re well expanding more mm. more likely expanding Mm, well, sometimes I, it's relocating if their if their if their area got flooded or something else moved in that was competition. Oh, okay. Well, I think I need to have words with mine. They've just done a giant nest next to my post box, which is no good. <laughs> it's very difficult to get the post. <laughs> very precarious. <laughs> very precarious, exactly. Your full body armor on there to go and get a few letters that are always advertising. No interesting mail. <laughs> Well, there, there's this stuff called seven dust that takes care of ants, and it's a dust or these granular things that they take back inside of the, the nest, and it stops the productions of larvae. Oh, so it doesn't work immediately. It's like a few days later, you'll see. No, it, it does work pretty fast. Um, within, within a day, they will have pulled in all the food, and within two days, the nest is pretty much done because then the poison part takes over. Oh, okay, okay. Mm, all right. I'm not sure if that's what we use, but we use something. <laughs> well, anyways, my, my brother is a pest control specialist in Hawaii, so he's, he's seen every type of pest that's out there. All right. And so seven dust is his, his yeah. go-to. All right. Then I'm yeah, using go -to. it as a go-to. <laughs> 
thank you, brother. <laughs> I am helping you with your ant problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's not spiders, it's ants. <laughs> it's ants, exactly. Things that bite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, well, should we take our first caller? I think so. And our first caller is Abrea. Are you there? Yes. Hey. How you doing? Where are you calling from today? I am calling from Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, great. Welcome to the show. How long have you been listening for? Uh, since um, I, the first, I listened, found you through N5D. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and it was, it was one of those just, I'd like to say, like, it felt like a very underground, like, early recording um, with... Uh, I remember you speaking about the 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 um galactic the galactic central suns. There's like two neighboring uh, other neighboring galactic central suns, mm-hmm. or three neighboring ones. And I've been able to like synthesize a lot of that information and make mm-hmm. some writings and from those early days, and really just see like the fraudness of this linear experience. And well, I've, yeah, awesome. So, what kind of questions do you want to ask? Uh, I have a lot of questions actually. Um, here, let me pull up my list that I made. <laughs> oh, he has a list. <laughs> <laughs> He's organized. There's a list. He is organized. <laughs> Actually, you know Wesley. Um, he was at the event. I was at the event as well. He told me he, you know, he told me um, just to get ready. And I was just thinking, like, there's a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. And um, but I also want I wanted to ask about equal co-creation. Okay. And um and and working with the trees because I feel like I tend to give my power away to like you know just things that have helped me greatly, you know, teachers, mentors, um and and how and I what I really the basic basically what I wanted to ask was how do I, you know, get into equal co-creation as opposed to you know giving my power away and then getting and then feeling like imbalanced at the end of it, you know. Okay. That's one that's of the. A, that's a really, really good question, and something a lot of people struggle with is these two words: equal co-creation. So, it, in your basic definition, what does it mean to you? It means that well, um, basic definition: um, you have something to offer, I have something to offer, and we we find a way to make it um, benefit the whole, or benefit us equally each other equally, if not the whole. So here's a little bit of an expansion. Equal co-creation doesn't always have an agenda. It has results. Results and agendas are two different things. And our expectations is what always will cloud equal co-creation. Equal co-creation is an application of the innocence of the inner child. Children at play are an equal co-creation. Sometimes it's one child leading the little story and everyone else following it, but that's still equal co-creation. Right. Okay? Equal co-creation also functions when you are using other singularity words to modify the word equal co-creation healing. That means two people are going to equally heal. One may exchange energy so one can heal, another will exchange energy so another can heal, but is not on this linear timeline. Equal co-creation doesn't follow linear results, linear rules, linear expressions. 
So when you have two people who are married and they use the word, well, we're going to go into some form of equal co-creation, that means there's an upload and download of your problems, issues, stuff that's going around you. And whenever you feel you're not in equality, you come together to retain, retain equality in each of you. Thus, why you keep giving your power away. Because of the linear, the linear illusion. Of, of, and the expectations that come with each moment to moment of creation. So equal co-creation is the signification of no time, no linear time, and that our creation and co-creation together is in equality of energy exchange. I still feel like there's... I still feel like I'm in linear time in a lot of ways, but... And you are. That's and what ever, I've been, Let me yeah. finish. You, you won't be out of linear time until you start living in two times at once. Okay. I, I did that between 9 and 16, where I was challenged to live in two places at once. Challenged by my own need to accept my own skill and my own frequency and in my own power. Meaning there was no duality and no separation. So my dream world and my physical world could simultaneously exist in equal co-creation and non-competition. This is why you keep, as you were saying, giving your power away. You were raised on competition. Everyone in this world is. You can't help it. Okay? When you start using equal co-creation in combination with non-competition, you'll understand why we give our power away to those that can win the race. It's like this. It's like this momentous feeling of giving my power away. Sometimes, like sometimes, oh, yeah. there's like a lot of energy behind it. And but you know what really helps me is I can just take that to a tree, and the tree just gives it right back. You know, right. and that's and, why when and, I did those those meditations, so it's you can understand there's a way that men give give and receive power, and there's a way that women do it. Okay, two yes. different two different expressions, and both men and women need to learn both processes. So I was doing the advanced heart. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was doing the advanced heart yesterday, and I had um, a friend, a fellow alchemist, mm -hmm. and um, he he works with Kangen water, mm -hmm. and it was very synchronistic because I like to work with water alchemy. I have an ozone generator, mm -hmm. and and Kangen. Are you familiar with Kangen water? Yes, I am. And um and and he's from he's from California and ca people from California are like the West Coast in general tend to have like pure water everything's like you know from the foundation up you know there's no like property or like peace that's unaccounted for right and um yeah and I was just um and we're pretty much at a at a phase where we have a lot of information been putting out a lot of information and so I we just put, released a YouTube video yesterday. And um, you can just check it out. It's just my my name, Abraha Burhanu, at YouTube, and mm -hmm. um, and it's it's um, really just that's really what I'm passionate about is just essentially putting out nutrition. And we were talking about like the healing space and um, how basically I would rather go see him than go to a, a medical doctor. And 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 then and then I was just feeling like more compassion. Like the medical doctors are actually going to have to come see us too you know and, well actually and it's gonna have like, to be a synthesis because there are situations where faith will not heal the american indians yes. learned that about the smallpox okay people learn this about cancer every day aids every day and drugs are innately are not bad and that is the healer industry using propaganda to their disadvantage 
example, you know, if you're in pain, you take an aspirin. So many people want to use Annika. Annika doesn't do anything for pain. It just does for bruising. Okay? So if you are an experienced alchemist and you are able to self-medicate, that's great. But at some time, there always will come an expression when you are in out of your league. And I mean out of your league. And I will, and I will have to ask you. I, 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 I did want you to scan me health-wise, and what's, and um, if there's anything going on in my gut, and if there's anything um, going on with me, because I, at the same time, like how you said, it's hard to observe yourself in some situations, you know. In some and I'm just at the point where I'm beginning to. Consider. In some mm-hmm. scenarios, it's impossible to for, for people to observe themselves, because they've reached a point where so much of their reality has been what I call redacted, meaning they live in some form of denial, and that many of their choice points is, are are based on not the facts of reality. Like there are people who live in vanity or ego, maybe thirty percent of their life, but that thirty percent actually is the biggest choice points of their life. So when they end up with cancer or AIDS or anything else later in the life, everything they were in denial about comes up. And as soon as death is on the line, all that other stuff comes up. This is why the two medicines have to synthesize together. Okay? And that's for all the other healers out there that think you can tell, tell someone you know, with whatever it is they have, if they're in pain, they're in pain. You cannot let chronic pain go. When it comes to you individually, there's a variety of things that are going on here. Um, did you travel out of the United States recently? Yes. Where'd I was in Eritrea, the horn, like Eritrea, right, off, right on the Red Sea, um, north of Ethiopia. And you're drinking so the water like, there? Not from like a, the bottled water, yeah. Well, I, I think you have some form of parasite in your gut, actually. Have you been doing a, some form of vegetarian diet that's really not working? Yes. How long have you been doing it now for? I went two years. So, vegan. So, yeah. and how? what kind of gut issues are you having now? Um, honestly, I just... I've I've been um, diagnosed with chlamydia. I didn't know I had it. 2013. I I know who it's from, and and I just didn't think that you know I had it. Mm-hmm. And um, so and then I went to and as I went there to that to that country, I was I I decided to actually take like how you said earlier. I had to synthesize. I had to get whatever. I had to medicate with whatever they were they would give me. You know those whatever pill they give for the for for the clap, and. Um, and I, I decided to do that while I was out there. And you got bad so drugs. I, yeah. 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 So you need to go see a doctor and go on a heavy dose of the specialized antibiotics for that. And also understand okay. that when you got bad medicine over there, bad water over there, it was a disaster for your body and your spirit because right now, I would say at least 40% of the available energy you've had from the last two years is completely gone to feed something else inside you. Right. That's why I'm not in worse condition. Right. I see. So I want to bring Kathy in here and and talk about what she also sees in the medical perspective too and and for your motivation. Uh, Hi. 
I'm really hey. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. Is it Ab Abraha? Abraha. Ab Abraha. All right. Abraha. Excuse me, my. <laughs> um, it's okay. I really have to say I 100% agree with what Andrew says because to me that's the first thing I saw too. Um, and I also am thinking it's somewhere overseas that this has been picked up. To me, it doesn't matter if you thought that you were only drinking bottled water. You know, there are 10,000 other ways that water gets into your mouth that you don't even realize. So, you know, th these things happen when you're in countries like that. It's impossible yeah, to be a vacuum. No, <laughs> right. There is no yeah. running water, Kathy. There is no running water and no lights. This this nation is almost is almost completely free. And it, but it, the only problem is that they have to militarize their, everyone so that they can pretty much block out the third world countries. They they didn't accept aid. So it, you know, I felt really good going over there, and I felt like, and I felt really good. But at the same time, I knew there was going to be, you know, some form of. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these things happen. Let's let's not even worry about that anymore. Um, I think that definitely you should go um, and get this checked out, um, you know, get some antibiotics. I, I do definitely agree with that. I think a, a lot of the natural th possibilities that I might consider, I don't think they're going to be effective enough for you. Um, you're going to need something like to turbo boost this out of you. Um, but I'd, I'd say that whatever treatment they want to do with you, to me, it looks like it's short. So it's not a, you know, m several months treatment. I think whatever they can do, they can do it in a shorter span of time. So it's not as invasive as you might think it's going to be. Um, one of the things I would also like you to consider is to cut down on sugar. Um, there's all sorts of places that sugar comes from. So it's very difficult to eradicate sugar out of one's diet at all. I mean, altogether. Um, but the to me, it's like whatever is hitchhiking inside you thrives on sugar. So if you can somehow decrease the amount of sugar that you are intaking, this will also help things a lot more because it won't be, you know, as, as healthy, I guess we could say. <laughs> sounds so sad to say no, no. we don't want it to be healthy but but you know what i mean like yeah. um you know yeah. i won't starve it and it won't do you damage um to decrease your sugar but it will make it weaker which is good because if it's in a weakened okay. state it's easier to get rid of right um right. i also think that to me, it looks like sometimes you've been getting a bit dizzy not not dizzy like stand up i'm going to fall down dizzy but like um yeah you know, yes, like, and, while I'm, yes like yeah yes yeah to go to sleep right then and there while i'm trying to stay awake yeah yeah well look that's the music coming in can you just hold on and we'll catch this up sure. once the ads are over mm -hmm. thank you Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis, Galactic Historian. And for those of you who are interested in a private session that want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, go ahead and call the office now at 1 for US 360-894-0692, and they will be happy to answer any questions that you have. And if you would prefer to email, please email Tanoch, that's T-E-N-O-C-H, at galactichistorian.com. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. 
And if you'd like to learn more about Andrew, please check out his website, which is andrewbartsis.com. There is absolutely a myriad of information there that you really must go through. If you'd like to learn more about me, please check out my website, which is kathyspearlsofwisdom.com. And that's Kathy with a K. Okay, so we're back to our call now. Um, we were talking about um, sometimes you feel a bit heady. Um, and one of the things yeah. that I am seeing about this is it's almost like you have an imbalance, like a in your brain, in your head. I don't want to say it's just a chemical imbalance. It's like an imbalance. Um, like energetically speaking, it's an imbalance. But to me, it's like things are not really lined up um, in an optimum way, shall we say. Um, and one of the things I would really like you to consider is maybe getting a few cranial sacral sessions. Um, I received three from a five-star um uh, up on Upledger, and it was. Re I think I did this the before I went overseas on the trip where I got sick. I did three, and I did three clonics. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I did. I think I did t the last two craniosacral therapy sessions a little too close together. But I'm um, yes. That I, I know. I need to go back again. Even I right now, as I speak, you know, my posture isn't even. You know, as it yeah. Should. I think you'll find that. You know, th there was a pre-existing condition, which is probably what the CST person was addressing. But with this parasite thing as well, it, it also affects all sorts of levels, uh, dopamine levels, etc. in your brain. You know, there's just no accounting for the, the side effects of this having a, a you know, a, a burden like this inside you. So I would yeah, definitely... I'm sure my parasympathetic is having fun with that. A rodent. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. A, rodent is, a rodent inside your central nervous system is the best way to describe it. All right. Mm, mm. Yeah. So you, you really, if you can get some work with that, I think you will find that, like, if we have to ballpark it right now, and let's assume that you can go and, and, and get some treatment for this thing as well. If you were to do this, or let's say you start getting your treatment tomorrow in an ideal scenario, and you can go through a course, and you had some cranial treatments, and let's assume it's like one a week or something for now, then I would imagine that after about two months, this heady thing that you feel should dissipate to almost hardly existing. So that's the kind of time frame you would be looking at if we were working in those kind of um, conditions. Okay. So whatever, you know, that fits in with your schedule, you can kind of at least it's always helpful to know a time frame so that you can apply it to your everyday life. And, you know, if you, you know, sometimes sure, sure, when sure. you're going through yeah. it, yeah, you're like, oh, will this ever end? <laughs> um, so at least that and way. It's, it's my fault. It's my fault for not looking into it. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's on me, you know, I'm not, you know, it, it's self, it's kind of at the end of the day, what I did to myself. And I recognize that, you know, I, you can rational, like Andrew says, you can rationalize anything of why I didn't decide to do it. And, and well, I, this honestly leads to another. Oh, okay. Well, let, let's just address yeah. that for a minute. Um, you know, when you said it's your fault, you know, I think that's really an unfair statement to give yourself. That That's a lot of pressure. I mean, sometimes when you're not aware of what's going on, you don't take action. And by the time something's happened, you not always have action to be mm. taken available to you so at least you are addressing it now we're looking at it now and you will take action so you know I, I don't 
I just don't like that kind of wording because I think it, yeah. you know your body takes it on, and I think it's unfair to your body for you to say. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like the Rubik's cube. It's like the yeah. Rubik's cube. But also, you know, it's your mindset. You know, I want you to realize that, sure, that there are some things you could have done, but considering, you know, everything has gone on, you know, you did a pretty good job, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel great now as I'm talking to you. I feel awesome, actually. Okay, well, I mean, but I just, that's, yeah. it's, it's the, the but I can healing sense what you're feeling. Of, of voice. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> um, exactly. Another thing I want to ask you is when you were over there, would you say that you saw some bad stuff? Horrible stuff. I saw my little cousins go to a military camp out of out of their free will. I I wanted to. I, I it brought out a a, zeal, a zealot side of me that I, I don't even want to get into. Well, I'm asking be you honest. because I think this is oh like what so you, part yeah. of you know what you've taken on board. I mean, I'm not going to say that you're um, in in denial of it because you do recognize it, but you have to oh. process that. You know, um, and, if and, you don't and, process and I just it, came it, back. Yeah, yeah, and I just came back from the embassy, and I'm I may have to go back again because my grandpa is in critical condition. So everybody, if you can send a healing treatment um, to to that that region of the world, he really needs it. Um, what is your What is your grandfather's name? Kasai Tekle. And he's in Ethiopia. In Eritrea. Oh, sorry, in Eritrea. It's, it's right. Yeah, it's right. Um, he's in the capital city, Asmara. Of that of that country and um it's pretty interesting i'd like to hear the acacia record on that city it used to be an italian colony i feel like the history around around mm -hmm. that would that would, that's that would be a pretty awesome read um but um okay, yeah let's, so, let's go yeah. back to some of this bad stuff i don't want to hop on okay, about it okay. but i want us to help you get through it a bit because the more we can reconcile this for you the more your soul can be free of it to a degree mm -hmm. in terms of the emotion so I know it's it's a lot of this will be a bit hard to talk about, but do you mind telling us a little bit? No, no, I don't mind. I don't mind. So I saw there's a military camp there called Sawa, which is where everyone after 12th grade has to go and learn how to shoot to basically it's basically so that the U.S. and all these governments don't come in there and that they have some form of military force. Which is, mm -hmm. a, I don't know, something that I that I've always felt like I wanted to so that there wouldn't you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. There wouldn't be domination and control, but it's like, it's like they had to. The only way to exist outside of domination and control is to be in domination and control again. And it just, for me, it was just kind of frustrating. And it just recognize. And then you know, really, the ultimate lesson that I, what really calms me down, um, is just the fact that if one person suffers, everyone suffers. You can't just have like your own little island of like a free, technically free dominion. And mm. so it was just kind of a frustrating thing where I had I kind of recognized that I had to I had to come back here, mm -hmm. and I had to you know work on my website and work on everything that I was doing online with you know the resources that I had, mm -hmm. and um, but it was it was it was uh it was pretty it was it was frustrating just seeing I saw you know people basically with nothing you know everywhere. Mm. And like jealousy on the high, of the highest levels. Mm. Sage, so it's the, the poverty, incense, crystals, all that stuff. I brought my whole. Oh, sorry. No, mm. I'm saying so. It's it's the deep despair of the poverty and the the, the yes. wanting the wanting a better life that you can see in people's eyes. 
desperation. They know you're from. They know where you're from. As soon as you, they don't need to even. They you know, see the ask light in anything. Your, they see the they see the light in your eyes and the food in your stomach, and they're jealous mm-hmm. of your ability to live. Mm-hmm. It's I have a very seen hot and it's affecting your soul more than you are you are you are even letting on to yourself. It's oh. very hard, very very hard to be the one that walks down a street when you have that many eyes looking at you and you know why they are because it's very difficult to tell yourself not to feel guilty because you didn't do this to people but you see it in their eyes the judgment, the want and you know it breaks your heart and it your soul cries it really does and it it's something that you can't just okay I saw that and now we're gone and I'm just going to think about it every now and then no it you carry that in yourself you carry it in your heart you carry it in your soul and it's takes a while for you to understand or recognize that this is an existing situation but it's not on you you know the guilt that you will feel and even may not recognize that it is guilt. It's not for you, you know, it's not for you to carry that, it's not for you to have that burden, it's not for your soul to keep crying continuously because you didn't do it. Yeah, it's like every time I step out again, it's like I try to forget about it after it happens each time, you know, and now that now that you bring this up, yeah, it is, it is a, it's something that I have to confront head on. And not, you know, it's and not actually, you know, it, it's not a confrontation. It's it's a forgiving. And I mean a forgiving. Eternal forgiveness. Your soul has seen this 10,000 times in 10,000 different eras. Absolute despot poverty surrounded by military. Okay. It's forgiveness for you now. You got to forgive the world. Can you do that with all the crap that you've seen? Can you forgive the world? I did. That's why I can do what I do. I have forgiven every transgression, past, present, and future. It isn't easy. No matter what you think, it isn't easy. But you're at a point where you can take forgiveness to a whole new level for yourself. I see the activist soul in you. And I'm going to tell you now, you will be a zealot activist if you don't heal this. And you will do your soul a great disservice by being a zealot activist. So I shouldn't even think about going back over there, even despite what's going on. Absolutely not. It will be more torture, more pain, and more ghosts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was just at the embassy just now before I called, and I was just, uh, you know, you guys really came at the right time because that that choice point was pretty huge. Uh-huh. And you know, my mom is just pulling on my energy, and she's, you know, and I feel like, okay, maybe if I go there in full force, bring, you know, maybe I go there in change, full force. But... If you go there in full force with the light, the demons will descend on you, the demons of shame, blame, and guilt in yourself. You will be disempowered, and you will come back spiritually disemboweled. You are not prepared for the ancestral energies there. You can do more healing from where you are right now than you yeah. are be able to be next to their side. So I just have to forgive. So 
for many, many years, I, I counseled people that were going through life-altering, life-ending medical scenarios. And many of them told me their stories. And I'm crying at this one. A lady named Donna. And she was an activist in, um, in Egypt, in Ethiopia, and Somalia, aid worker. A second here, and on her you deathbed, uh, on her deathbed, she confided into me how corrupt the aid organizations were, and how much it saddened her soul that all the work she had done was was sullied by that. And I remember telling her, "Only with hindsight do you see that." But the person that was there was in full love and doing what they could do best. And uh, within a few hours, she passed on. I'm sorry. A few hours, she passed on. But those few words helped her understand what her, what her real mission was, were the individual people she was helping. And I hope that that story helps you growing into your future. The level of corruption that's in the aid industry, no one should be giving any money to it at all. Okay. You want to make real difference? Send them seeds so they can grow their own food. Send them books how they can raise food in fish tanks. I was thinking about um, having a huge organite um they're going through a drought, and I was thinking about using organite to maybe in, in different ge geometric shapes. It's beyond and, um, it's beyond you right now. You're you're battling esoteric organizations who have imprinted that land for five thousand years. Shit. Yeah, shit. Okay, I'm gonna be brutally honest here. Brutally honest. We live in a world that's set in a frequency, and until we, in our own minds, can gather the power to make thought constructs that we can share with others that cannot be charged for. Where we can freely share knowledge, wisdom, and information without exchanging negative karma, we are going to be stuck in this process. And I mean stuck. Until the people stand into their own power, their own sovereign conviction, let go of shame, blame, and guilt, self-heal and self-nurture, and all those other things that I've been talking about. One of the things that led me up into being a, a public speaker was the years of experience I had with people going through their end life process and also the beginning life process, working with women that were pregnant and husbands that were trying to get their, their women, their wives pregnant. So I've seen it from both ends. And when you want a life path that truly gives you that source connectedness back, um, being an activist it will not repay you. It won't. Not in this world right now. Not until there's another way to do it. Being a spiritual activist, for those that want to be grid workers and are going out and doing all of their great work, you're but a spit in the bucket compared to the last 10,000 years of esoteric processes. You need to stop playing in their field and create your very own 
your very own thought construct that doesn't interact with the rest of history and the rest of technology and the rest of spirituality. Until people truly see that, we will be in this ever-evolving process of healing thyself, knowing thyself, so that we can stand into the power of the self. Spit in the bucket. Spit in the bucket. Yeah. I know that from the highest density levels that I've reached. I've spoken through time streams to 25 million other beings. I've watched an entire species be murdered through the Akashic Record. Let me tell you something. I've seen my share of stuff. And every time the lesson always comes back to the same. Why those people failed in that time. They didn't self-heal. They didn't self-nurture. They didn't let go of shame, blame, and guilt at the density levels they were at. History in our past has created spiritual zealots, which is why we are at here now. There aren't enough authentic spiritual people who are not gurus or zealots operating in the functional reality. So how do we, my, how do we, how, well, how do we further? Oh. One of my hardest things of coming on and being public was not wanting to be a guru, but ultimately knowing inside it was going to happen anyways. No matter how much I denied it, people would give away their power because they don't actually want to do the work. And I learned that 13, 14, 15, 16, all the way up into my 20s until I realized there's nothing we can do to change people in any way, shape, or form. They ultimately have to do it on their own. But what we as healers can do is facilitate the removal of layers that stop perception or create paranoias, or worse, create self-defeating attitudes that ultimately wreck our lives. History is wrought with that. The Akashic Record history, our common history. So how do we do it? We've got to go do the hard work, the inner healing work. And at times, everyone thinks it's an alone journey. No, we have companions on that journey that help us remove the shame the blame, the guilt, or anything else that comes through that. And right now in you, I don't even think you realize how much shame, blame, and guilt your other self that's still over there is projecting back at you, the person that came home, forcing in you a set of ancestral actions that's going to lead you down a path of repetition of the old contracts that were never succeeded. Yeah, that's You can same. clear the board right now, flip the game over and say, I'm not playing this game. Break all contracts, vows, and agreement. Take back all your power. But then all the little thought creations you've had between the time you were over there and the time that you got back would have to fall apart. All those little hopes and dreams you created. No, they just go into yeah. memories. And the ones that truly survive are the ones that have inspiration to go from a future to a present or from the past to the present. The past will always be a teacher. The present will always be our creation. And the future will always be our inspiration until we get lost in the future where inspiration has become toxic hope. And that's where you're at right now. You're on that, that verge of having inspiration turning into hope to turn into toxic hope. Yeah. You cannot see yourself as a one-man political activist. You will fall. You will fall before you even get to the top. I want to bring Kathy to create in. A team. I know. I want to bring Kathy in here, and I want to bring help bring a woman's perspective on caring, nurturing. I know what you're trying to be is caring and nurturing with these people, but there's more here, and a woman can give it in a different way. 
Yes, definitely there is a lot of healing of your, let's call it your, your mind, your soul that needs to go on. What you have witnessed firsthand doesn't just go away. And part of that journey is in the recognition of it's just that, I guess to put it in a clear way, it's to recognize it, to see it for what it is and to know it. It doesn't mean you have to take it on board. All of us are not champions for the world, but the fact that you know about it is another person witnessing it. And that is very powerful in itself. To take some action for yourself now, well, I guess that's not a good way to put it. The, the kind of action that you're talking about that you're thinking of, to me, I, I agree with Andrew that it seems fraught with all sorts of problems because you cannot change the system as one person. Whatever you take with you that you think is going to help, it's just such a, in the big picture, it's a minuscule bit. I'm not discounting that there will be some change, some help, but the... Hmm. It's not. It's not. It's. It's not me. It's not. It's. It's over. Like how you said. It's. It's just. Oh. It's beyond. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. You don't want to think that you. You tried something and it didn't work. You know, because you, you. sort of. That way, you. You set your mind up for failure in that sense. It's the recognition of what's going on is really all it takes. If the whole world could recognize it, that would make the difference. You know. Um. And for you, one of the things that you need to sort of think about over the next few months is how can you acknowledge it to yourself, to your mind, to your soul, and recognize it and not take it on board because it's not yours to take on board. What you've seen is yeah. heartbreaking. It's it's not. It's that, that would be like saying every single war in this world each of us has to take on board, but it's it's not. It's not our job. It's not our responsibility as one person. It's not our goal, our soul's goal, to recognize so what's going on. If you really think you need to affect change, then you have to think about how is it that you will change people's understanding of it in the world, not in the country. The country already understands it. If you want... And, and me asking... Sorry, go me on. asking it's not sorry I cut you off me asking it's not comes from I basically grew up around my mom when the when the war broke out between Eritrea and Ethiopia mm-hmm. and and she she was she opened an Eritrean restaurant which was a country that's just as new as as the year nine when I was when I was born actually 91 mm-hmm. and and um, I think like my whole the reason why I even ask it's not is because there's just some some separation that I need to do from the programs that have been imprinted subtly into my subconscious from I understand. from those days. Yeah. Let, let me put it to you in a different way, so maybe you can uh, mm, see it, view it in a different way. Look at um, what happened during the World Wars. Do you think that it's right that everyone who was German should bear that burden of what happened? I mean, it, it wasn't them. Their generations down, they didn't do anything yet. They still have to wear and bear a lot of the guilt because that's what the world is telling them. But it's not right. They, they're just born in the wrong place, the wrong time in terms of that type of thing, right? You can't expect 
because you are of the same race, the same culture, that everything therefore is all on you and it's up to you to fix. No. Bad things happen to good people and it doesn't matter what country it is, what race you are, what culture you are. There, There is a lot more going on and at play than meets the eye. And when you can see that bigger global thing going on and then you know, especially if you were to look at other countries, it might be easier for you to understand that, yes, it's mm. it, it, being indignant, being angry, sure. I'm not saying that's not right, you know, because who isn't? But taking it on board and, you know, carrying it with you every day isn't going to help anyone, not you, not them, not the world. If you really feel that much indignation and you need to do something, then you have to think about it more globally. What can you do to affect change of people's thinking, right? Because that's where you can affect change. That is something that you can think about. That is something that is helpful to another country and other people. Um, that's the break. So if you just hold on, we'll come back to you after sure. this break. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis. If you'd like to learn more about Andrew, please check out his website at andrewbartzis.com. It's absolutely packed with so much information. Every time I go there, there's something new I learn or even blows my mind. So definitely check out his website. If you'd like to learn about uh, more about me, please check out my website, which is kathyspearlsofwisdom.com. That's Kathy with a K. And remember, you can get a private session with Andrew and myself by contacting Tanok at Tanok at galactichistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at galactichistorian.com. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. So we were just talking about recognizing things that are going on in the world and not taking them on board as your own responsibility um, and one of the big things that you need to do is really recognize it for what it is and often you'll find that in the pure recognition of it you can really start to have that resonate within yourself and if you truly believe that you need to do something about it then you really need to start thinking about raising social awareness on a global level because to try and just target one particular place and take that on board and make change as one person, it is going to be almost impossible. I'm not saying impossible, but a very hard and miserable journey in many ways. It is very difficult to be able to separate yourself from something that you've seen that can be so devastating. But it's okay to be... Mm, indignant it's okay to be appalled it's okay to be angry but to take that on board as something that you need to um, go there and fix or help in many ways does not do your own body or soul justice does that resonate for you oh yeah I, I was just you know I, I will laugh at myself and last night I came back home after um i went out and i just you know i recognize that you know i must be wrong in some area and sometimes that's the the, the quickest way to you know just center and ground you know just recognize that recognize that i was wrong 
Mm. That's, that was the way, you know. I, I think it's, it's very of, difficult in, to separate emotion from logic sometimes. Um, and because you've just been there, it's all very emotional for you. So being able to step back and and see it from a more, I guess, outside perspective will really help you ground and help you resonate within yourself as to what you really think that you can do as opposed to what you really want to do. Because we all have our right. own restraints, right? I mean, if only we were all Superman and could change things. Um, but you have to be realistic. Beginning, middle, and an end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling. It's been wonderful to talk to you. It really has. And I'm sure your story has touched so many people's hearts. So thank you. You're already starting sure. with the social awareness. <laughs> Unbeknownst you to you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Have a good so yes. during the during the break, uh, I, I was just sitting here in contemplation. I hadn't thought of Donna in, in years, many, many, many years. And as I was uh, on the break, just listening to the music there, that was just a stream of tears came over me. And uh, one of her messages to everyone that's listening, if anyone that's an aid worker or goes to other places to build schools and all that, this is her message to you. None of you came in to do that. You came in to be healers. Know the difference between being a builder, a food distributor, and a healer. Healers know how to do all because they can empathically feel what is needed in the area. And what he was going through, the, the gentleman that was just on, was the empathy of wanting to be a healer. So go be a healer. We'll learn all you can learn about healing. And that's how you can change this world, one healing at a time. That's it, one healing at a time. Powerful, powerful words, yet so true. Yep. Thank you, Donna. Let's move on to the next call. The next caller is 605, your name and where you're calling from? Michelle from South Dakota. Hi, Michelle from South Dakota. How, how long have you been listening to the show for? Um, almost a year, like maybe like eight months. Very cool. So what, what, what prompted you to have a call in for, for questions today? <laughs> I didn't plan this, but life lent it to me today. And, um, wow, the first caller, incredible. I like wrote a whole bunch of stuff down, but he like brought me to tears as well. Um, I guess I had a reading from you guys back in March. You gave me the download on my galactic experience, which is great. And Kathy gave me so much clarity. Um, so thank you for that. And this time I'm curious about my purpose this life and perhaps um, contracts that need to be fulfilled. Okay. What did we talk about last session? <laughs> um, last session, I was having a lot of synchronicities and the numbers like today <laughs> to where I called you guys. And then um, she just really helped me understand why and how to use that ability. So I'm, I've been playing around with that, and that's been happening full force. Um, and then you helped me by just saying, like, about my galactic experience, which is pretty heavy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it activated something in me. Mm -hmm. Were you able to go and do any ceremonies? Um, I have been doing the meditations, um, but to be honest, they're quite scary for me. 
um, when I go to see them, <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm going to float away and disappear. I don't know why that is, but that's what happens. Um, but I've been saging and I've been doing the energy hygiene, especially with my home and my own energy. Mm-hmm. Like I heard that so much, but I actually understood it with listening to the um, charting your course. Mm-hmm. I get it now. It's like owning it and deciding how you want to feel and where you want to be. And, so yeah, and that's that's the same thing you have to do with the contract revocations. The reason you're feeling airy and moving away is because it's your parasympathetic actually denying the energy, and the energy doesn't know where to go in your field. So you have to be able to, in a sense, allow the expression of what's coming out of the revocations, your body to feel it. There's something that's in great denial in breaking contracts, vows, and agreements and describing your boundaries because your boundaries for so long have had no warning signs, no fences, and things can go in and out of your boundaries without care. And this is a, a lifelong lesson for you. Boundaries, 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 boundaries. And for you to define sacred boundaries versus recreational boundaries, you've never had to make sacred boundaries before that no one shall cross that path. No one will cross this line, yet people cross it all the time in you. So for you, it's confidence in speaking the revocations so that your boundaries begin to have border lines. And that'll be your. That my body has the physical feeling like I'm going to throw up. I just get shaky and uh-huh. anxiety. Um, I don't have to look on the ground to see if I'm like raised up because I just feel like, whoa. And then That's I guess I get scared because I feel like I'm not going to be a, like, like I'm going to go away. <laughs> You're not going to go away. That's, that's an expectation and a fear behind that. Thousands okay. and thousands okay. of people have done these contract revocations, <laughs> none of them have vanished out of nowhere. Yeah. And literally okay. feel it. Feel it in your lungs as your voice echoes and say, I'm owning these words. Okay. Just like you own and the it- spiritual hygiene. Just like you own that. You gotta own the, the contract revocations until you can do it enough where you can write them in your own words. I encourage that to absolutely everyone. That is a template that tries to cover every layer that the reality can create processes with you. Awesome. <laughs> and then how does that tie into my purpose once I get that down? Well, right now you don't have a purpose because you haven't allowed yourself to have any boundaries to truly define them. You do have purposes. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to bring Kathy in here for a second on how both men and women imprint purposes onto each other. And the reason I'm asking Kathy to come in before I give my my view on what your purpose is, is because I really want a woman and their energy to assist in that process. So, Kathy, the question is to you, purpose. Do you think she's ready to even hear what her purpose is? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Wait on me. <laughs> well, Michelle, when I, I look at your energy and what's been going on for you, you know, one of the things... I guess that comes to me the foremost is the chaos, the chaos in your mind, the chaos within yourself. Um, to me, it's like I know you think you know what you want and you you think you know where you're going to a degree, but I would actually challenge if that is even the case 
because to me, you are easily mm, influenced by others, uh, be it male or female. And it's not so much that they manipulate you, but more you listen to people and you think, oh, yes, you know, that's right. I think I'm going to take that on board. Oh, and over there, yes, oh, that sounds good too, and I should take that on board. You know, and so you, to go back to the buffet analogy, you know, you're up there, you're like, oh, I'm going to have this and that, you know, I'm going to have dessert, but I'm also going to have prawns and I'm going to have noodles. And put it all together, and it's like, you know, in some ways it could work together, but it's much better if you do appetizer than main course than dessert. So for you, this is kind of um, what I'm seeing. It's like you need to a little bit go back to crawling before you walk. And then when you've got the walking down pat, then you do the running. And then you do, you know, zip lining, wherever, whatever it is that you choose to do with it then. So when I come, come back to the issue of purpose for you, to me it's look like it looks more like you need to go more inwards it's not that we don't want to tell you what your purpose is it's more that until you're more grounded and more centered it's very difficult to guide you anywhere because you'll just get distracted um does this make sense for you so far yeah definitely um i feel like i've been working really hard the last three months i've been going like out to the river or the lake to try to hone my energy in. And it started out like a couple days a week, and then now I've been out there every day. Mm. Well, good, <laughs> Trying good. to like ground myself. And, and yeah, I was so concerned about everything I did. I knew how it rippled, and I knew how it affected. So I was very immersed in making sure that I was, you mm-hmm. know, mm. yeah. no, I all the information to... around me. One of the things I, I would yeah. like you to try and focus on, let's say for the next month or so, is how do you envisage yourself being grounded and protected? I mean, that, that's kind of going to be a challenge for you. I want you to focus more on being grounded, connected, and protected. So what that means in real terms is that you, yourself, your soul, your being is more in your body. And I want you to discern information within yourself more clearly and for yourself. And from this moment on, let's say when this call is finished, I want you to stop listening to people. No more, I don't care what they say. If you hear it on the radio, your friend talks about it, read it on the internet, all, forget it. Anything that you don't already have within yourself, when we finish this call, I want you to disregard for the next one or two months. Now, obviously, not like a stop sign and things like this, <laughs> but, you know, for the big picture stuff, because you need to start thinking about where you're at, what you're doing, and who you are, all right? Because the more information you take in every day, the more it's going to be in your field, in your mind, in your being, and that's another layer of stuff that you're going to have to ground out of yourself, If you can do this for a couple of months, you will find that you are very clear and very focused. And that's the sort of state where you then start to create things. You then start to look at giant purposes in your life. It's, if you can imagine at the moment, it's like you've you've gone on an obstacle course in mud and you've got mud all over you, mud on your clothes, mud down your undies everywhere. And you're gonna go and have a shower 
And when you have that shower turned on with all the lovely warm water and the soap, you're going to wash it all off. That is kind of what this next few months is going to be for you. That warm shower with all the soap and shampoo. You're just going to wash everything that is not necessary in your space right now off. And you'll be left with lovely clean Michelle. Nice shiny aura without all the stuff in it. Because when you don't have the stuff in it, it's easy to create and manifest and see things clearer and completely resonate and understand them. Do you think you're capable of doing that? Yes, I see great value in what you're saying. And yes, I'm seeing this. Okay, yep. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I'm not totally answering your <laughs> question at all, but I would. No, I, I get you. I get you. I, I don't know if it's a habit, I guess. In that space, because when you're okay. in that space, you would have already answered at least a quarter of your questions yourself. Because you, you're getting there, you're just not there yet. Because you're too busy picking up that info. You need to stop picking up new info, process what you have, drop what you don't need, consolidate, reevaluate, and then move forward. Okay, okay. Okay. I will do that. Yes, yes. And also, during this time, that means that everyone else's opinion that talks to you is not relevant. Now, that's going to be a hard one for you, you know. Mm -hmm. Whatever opinion they have about you, what you should be doing, um, criticism, whatever it is, you do not take this on board. You nod, you say, thank you very much. I'm going to think about that. You think about it for a second and then you drop it. Yeah, I definitely played with that with some family members and was setting my boundaries and it did turn out... Um, you know, I just had so much love, and I just kept saying the whole time, just please let my dad see truth, see let my brother see truth, but I have to set these boundaries, and I did it, and then, of course, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm never speaking to you again, and so it's really hard. Like, yeah. I know I'm doing that doesn't last doing, forever. That doesn't last forever. Okay. That's, that's the thing to remember. While you are getting yourself all centered, and all, let's imagine the orb of light aura around you, that's all intact. That's just all Michelle. No room for anyone else. All Michelle, your own creation, your own energy, and any universal energy that you channel, then you will be that really. Let's call it. Let's call it a guiding light for yourself. Okay, because when you're in that space, it really makes no difference what anyone says. But the fact that to you it makes no difference affects other people. And you, the weird effect of this is that you'll find that these people that are poo-pooing you now want to come back and, and reconnect with you. At, at that moment, whether you choose to do that or not is up to you. If there is a reconnection, then it has to be in a different way than what it used to be, a way that works Absolutely. for you yep. as yep. this wonderful orb of white light. Right, and I claim my role in it too. You know, like I allowed it for so long and now that I'm not doing it, I can understand why they feel the way they feel. Well, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's more that you were not so aware of how the dynamics worked and the perpetual cycle that you were in. But once you were aware of it, you took action. So, you know, sometimes because you don't know how to deal with it doesn't mean that you had a giant role in it. It's just... When you do know about it, if you do nothing about it, you make no change, you affect nothing, 
that's when you really have to take responsibility for your actions. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's come so on. hard. It's so hard when everybody else around me is saying things. But you're right. I got to just say, you just claim, claim what I know and I feel in my heart and just have that be the loudest voice. <laughs> yeah, and it is hard. There's, you know, no denying it's hard. But, you, you know, you have to crawl before you walk. You have to walk before you run. And that's just the process. So for you, you're already moving forward in leaps and bounds. It's now just next step, another process to get yourself to another place, you know. And it, it takes time. And generally speaking, it's never easy. It usually is painful. <laughs> Change is not easy. <laughs> you can do it, but sometimes the old emotion gets, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and that's doing it the hard And that's doing it the hard way. Hmm. So many people choose the hard way at changing, okay? Instead of realizing that confrontations are not meant to be confrontations, they're meant to be forgiving and healing. We got to take confrontation out of ourselves. Sometimes we have to describe it as the rock and the hard place. Do I confront myself and create a battleground for longer mental debates that will never really have any resolution until I forgive the energy? Because that's ultimately what it's about. Forgiving yourself for not creating boundaries. Forgiving your family for walking on your boundaries and not truly treating anything. Now, after everything that's Kathy said, do you still want to know your purpose now? Or do you want to take time and truly figure it out for yourself? Hmm. I think that sounds nice to do that. I, I guess I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> um, Everything's an option. I, 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 okay. See, like you got to see, of- you got to see unlimited viewpoints and unlimited options. You have been on the limited viewpoints and limited options. It's like you know a, a, a multiple choice answers, and none of them are right for you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Many people find themselves in the in their life processes where something they were creating fell apart, a marriage that's falling apart. You know, how many times do we hear on this radio show one person super spiritual and the other person not? They created that. How many times do I hear callers calling in with that same thing and they want to know what's my purpose? You know, well, your purpose is to forgive what's going on in your your life and your environment. Those are your immediate purposes. And that's what you have to figure out, the order of purposes, the scale in which you're going to work at. Initial purpose is ground, heal, create boundaries. That's that short term. But longer term process, that is where you truly have to pull the old break out and pull up your knowingness. All right, that's our break. Hold on. and we come back, we'll talk more. And welcome back, everyone. Kyle, are you still there? Yes, I am. So how, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 33. 33. In your 33 years of life, what is it that you've wanted to do? List the top three things you wanted to do. Ooh, like for real, like these stuff? <laughs> yep. Okay, um, definitely make a change. I always thought that if I could... Um, write movies and produce movies that would hit the masses because whenever I watch movies I feel like oh my god they could have done so much and instead they went the negative way mm-hmm. um, I just like what you said to the last call about the impacting about just like knowing what a situation or a place 
uh, how a, a person needs, I tend to just do that all the time anyway. So I was hoping, you know, that I could somehow have that be my purpose to make it into a career. Um, and like what you said, you know, conquering my home life, conquering, you know, my husband and my children and just what I have going on. I was pretty sure that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now, but it just seems so simple. And I always feel like I'm supposed to do something so big. And I don't know why that is, but I felt that way forever. <laughs> so just, I guess I want to satisfy that. You know, and I, I didn't think I'd ever have to. I thought I would, you know, get the house, have the kids, have the husband, have the amazing business, and have the great friends. And, and then now I'm like, okay, twiddling my thumbs, you know. <laughs> um and then you blew my mind last time I talked to you, so it's like, well. <laughs> so what you just described was the very young you, the very un uh, uneducated you, dreaming about big dream. In those 33 years, did you go to film school classes? No, I didn't. Why not? <laughs> well, um, I'll be finished. Mm -hmm. It wasn't your purpose. Okay, okay. It okay. wasn't your purpose. Movies are wonderful to watch, f very entertaining, and at the other side, very distracting. To write a movie, mm, put it this way, I believe the last estimates, only 1.2% of the Guild writers actually write stuff. Screen Actors Guild writers. Out of tens of thousands of writers. So you would immediately be competing with the 1.2% that get the money. So it is a failed dream from the beginning, as are many writing ventures. That's why people write for themselves. They don't write for a cause. As soon as you are writing for a cause, you've divided your creative concepts and will never truly be at your fullness of your power. Because you had no boundaries and no borders yourself, your very young self described to you what you felt you could change in the world conquer my, my husband, my children. You can't conquer them. Once you conquer them, they're divided and their love is divided. And once their love is divided, everyone is lost. What word would you use then to do what you guys were saying about, um, you know, like the chaos of just, how did you put it, like handling the situation in my life and getting that figured out? And how would we put that simplified? Um, first thing first is elimination of panic attacks that you have, elimination of lack of self-confidence, self-healing and self-nurturing to the point where self-confidence is exuding from you and people are wondering, wow, you've changed. Okay, I see that. Sexual, uh, sexual energy, you, you need that balanced. It's very imbalanced in you. Yep. Hey, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, I'm okay. working so hard, so it's kind of disappointing to hear, but you know, you... I didn't realize how bad it was, but after discovering things, I was like, wow, yeah, my dad was, yeah, you know, and I just, I just didn't have the confidence, you know, and then I went to a pity party about, oh, I, my parents sucked, and everybody else was great. So, yeah, but I've been working on it really hard, and I got my own energy, and so my, my, my answer for you before, your short-term purpose is to heal yourself and to know yourself. And once okay. you're done with that, you'll have a much more opened view. As long as anyone is in a limited point of view and not in the unlimited point of view, 
they will almost always make the wrong choice, the hard choice, and do it the hard way, no matter what the choice point is. I, in the years that I, I worked with people in the, in the medical industry recovering from the worst, I saw the ones that did it the hard way and the ones that did it the easy way. And everyone that chose to do it the hard way at the end was dead or came out a zombie. The ones that did it the easy way learned how to love again and healed themselves while they were going and creating. And that applies to absolutely every choice point that's out there, whether it's you know figuring out your life or having a bigger spiritual purpose. It requires the inner work. And that's the hardest thing to do is not confronting yourself but forgiving, beginning the forgiving process so that the density of the energy doesn't strangle you from choices. I get that, sure. Okay. <laughs> Darling, we got to move on to the next call, but this has been really good that you had another follow-up call. Absolutely. Thank you so much, you guys. Enjoy your day. Okay, you have a good day. Man, yep. Kathy, we are getting a, a bunch of really good callers today. I know, such a wide range of topics as well. It's really great. <laughs> and how the first callers affected everyone else. All right, our next caller is 269. Your name and where you're calling from? 262. 262, sorry. Hello. Hi, your name and where you're calling from? My name is Heather, and I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Hello, Heather from Kenosha, Wisconsin. How did you find Hi. out about the show? Um, actually, through my boyfriend, he listens to you guys all the time. So I, in turn, get to listen to you as well. Through Very him. cool. So. so what prompted you to want to call in today and ask, ask questions? Um, I was calling because I'm curious about my galactic history and also a couple of different things um, that I'm feeling energetically. Are so. you having medical issues going on with you right now? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> lots it's of all, lots of them. <laughs> it's it's all over you, all all over you. Um, mm -hmm. So let let's talk about those first. The galactic okay. history is, is secondary to whatever's going on in your medical field. Okay. Well, what what's happening? Um, well, uh, I guess the main thing uh, right now is um, with my menstrual cycles. Um, they've always been uh, terrible, incredibly terrible, and. Um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis back in February when I had a cyst drained and um, that was supposedly, it was supposed to alleviate some of my pain and, and excessive bleeding and uh, it really didn't do anything. It actually caused more pain a few months later to where it felt like I was in labor and I, I have two children so I am familiar with that feeling and um, I this just did not come back and I didn't have many options aside from getting a hysterectomy or uh, getting a shot that sounds very dangerous actually to me. Um, so I went and got a second opinion and they actually think I have something called adenomyosis, which has more to do with the glands um, as opposed to endometriosis. Um, and right now... Have you, had some getting... have, you, have you had any terminated pregnancies or a series of false pregnancies when you were growing up? Uh, I had a, a miscarriage a few years ago, um, but aside from that, just the just the two that were so er, early on, er, early early mm -hmm. on in your sexual experiences, did you have fears that you were pregnant? Um, no, I I mean I had kids young, uh, 
I had my daughter when I was 22 and my son when I was 24, um, but I didn't have any miscarriages that I was aware of. No, no. Fear. Or fear, of fear I'm talking yeah. fear. Just the plain fear of getting pregnant. Um, not, not that I'm aware of. Uh, every, every person going new into the sexual experience has some level of fear. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you described, you know, you felt like you were pregnant, I, I zoned right into it. And this is actually something that's been going on to you since your period began, you know, when you began puberty. That mm-hmm. is why your periods are heavy. There is mm-hmm. a, a series of energetic processes within you that are trying to bring more children in through the ancestral karma, karmic expression. And it is affecting your, 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 your period and your cycle. And you mm-hmm. came in with this particular process. Um, and it was going to be something that you would have to heal from, which is now manifested into the medical diagnosis that you currently have right now. Some mm-hmm. of the sub-issues behind there are, are having to deal with the miscarriage, um, mm-hmm. the death in the womb. Um, that is something that you need to do your own personal and private ceremonies on so that whatever remained in the womb and in the area that, that the emotional trauma of the death and the passing that was created inside you from the baby and yourself and your husband at that time um, mm-hmm. is fully cleared out. This is the main reason why it's gotten to this level. And it can get worse if you truly don't take some of the spiritual aspect into deeper understanding of self-healing, self-nurturing, self-forgiving. Um, the pain that you're actually experiencing is a central nervous system pain, meaning as soon as the gland or the area goes active with whatever spiritual process is behind it and the manifestation, your central nervous system has this extra set of echoes that are going throughout the body saying you're pregnant and the mind and the heart going saying, I'm not pregnant. None of the signs are there, but you felt mm-hmm. that you were pregnant. That means your spiritual side opened up the womb gate and brought in spiritual babies to fill in that place. So quite literally, there were dozens of little baby spirits inside you that were waiting to get into other mothers and other fathers at that time. And your body has become addicted to that process over many, many years. This is not an uncommon problem. I actually see this in and at least 30 to 40% of, of, of everyone that has any kind of massive menstrual issues. And men do have their menstrual cycles too. Um, mm-hmm. So you're dealing with that spiritual process where more life that's waiting to come into the world is coming into and your body is taking it on as an experience and your soul is saying, no, I can't do this anymore. And it's a big mm-hmm endless cycle of frustration that comes every month in your in your menstrual cycle that has now led mm-hmm. to this next level. I think some of the ways of relieving this will involve cranial sacral therapy with the advanced mouth work, um, maybe four to six sessions specific. You know, you have to tell the, the cranial sacral person exactly what you're dealing with because then they're going to unravel your tailbone, unravel your neck, the fascia, so that the central nervous system can actually communicate to the area in your body that is creating the distortion. Okay? Okay. So yeah. I want to bring Kathy in here to, to also talk about some of the other, the other stuff that we see going on in your field. Okay. Hmm. Yes, you present quite an interesting picture, Heather. <laughs> You've got a lot of stuff going on for you. Um, when I look at at the issues that you were talking about, um, I would say that 
you know, to have a medical diagnosis for whatever that is going on with you is going to be difficult. I would almost suspect if you went to have a third opinion, they'd tell you something else. Right. Um, like in, in terms of uh, modern Western medicine, um, I, I would almost say that you're like one of those weird, freaky, unusual cases. They, It, it seems to have... Um, not is it symptoms or symptomology that is um, common with a couple of conditions, but then doesn't really fulfill any one particular one well. Um, mm. And it's not that who you're going to get information from are no good. No, that's not it at all. I think it's just confusing because it's difficult to diagnose uh, from a, a Western medical doctoral kind of point of view. So in that sense, I, I I don't want to say don't worry about it so much because, of course, when, when stuff's going on with your body, you, you know, you, there is cause for concern. But I think that the um, course of treatment that you're being going to be prescribed, which does not con uh, include um, invasive surgery, will actually help you fix up that problem on a medical point of view. Um I don't think you're ever going to get a proper diagnosis for what it is because even when things do start to clear up or, or the symptoms are alleviated, they'll still be like, well, it's not really reacting the way we had thought because it's confusing, let's just say. Um, mm -hmm. some, let me put it like this. Sometimes you don't need to know everything. As long as something works and something is getting better, in a way, that's all that is really necessary. Um, what Andrew talks about, I think, is very, very pertinent to you and something that you may take some time to resonate with because it's something that has been ongoing with you for so long. One of the mm -hmm. things I will say is that when you do find that this, these symptoms are starting to be alle alleviated, and certainly cranial will be a great way to go as well, is that you will find over time your periods will get lighter and it's not necessarily because you know your premenopause or going to menopause i think it's because something is writing itself in your system and therefore is just alleviating the way your body has worked before let's call it um hmm. so that being said with with that particular issue i do want to go into something else um because for me i also see that um on your breast area, maybe right right side, uh, kind of closer to the armpit than anything. To me, it looks like you've got an energy highlighted there. I would say if you haven't had a breast exam, I would go and get one. Um, I don't think you need to freak out or it's no giant cause for concern, but I do think you will have lumps there. It will be something like a blocked gland kind of thing. It may present itself as a cyst, but not a big problem kind of cyst. But certainly, it's something that you need to check out. To me, it looks like something that you can do a lot of self-healing with, a lot of um, massage, draining into the lymph nodes under the armpit to dissipate. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I, it, can, I can definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. It's something that I think when you get early stages and you see these kind of energies coming up, if you can attend to it quick, it dissipates into nothing. If you leave it for a couple of years, then it's a different story. Um, so to me, it looks like very early. You may not even feel the lump yet. But if you 
do or don't. Either way, go and get it checked out. And if you do start to feel any kind of lump, then at least um, do what we talked about, the self-massage. I mean, just, you know, massage oil or baby oil, whatever it is for you, and just drain from... So if you can imagine you're using, let's say, your left hand, and you are going from... Um, the bottom of your breast on the, uh, let's see, so it's on the right side, and sweep up, uh, not quite as far as nipple, but sweep up and then fan it over into your um, armpit. Do you get mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, just like this. Okay. But you'll find that that will make a big difference. But anyway, okay. don't be freaky out if you do start feeling the lumps because you can okay. totally <laughs> dissipate them. I guess this is my point. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, well, that's good at least. <laughs> and I also want to ask you, is there something going on in your relationship you sort of not so comfortable about? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it, it, all kinds of, it, it all kinds of ties together. We've been trying to um, get pregnant for a few years now and just nothing's really happening. So it, it all kind of ties into that. But as far as relationship goes between the two of us, we're, we're fine. It's just that is a stress that has been looming for a while. So. Mm. Well, one of the things I would just like to offer you a, a little token of, of wisdom um, is that, you know, sometimes complete honesty is required. And that may not necessarily just be for you but for your partner because to me it looks like a lot of honesty not enough honesty is being spoken and what that means often is not like some big terrible dark secret hasn't been told but it can be as simple as you know an everyday thing um and okay let me use an example okay uh, i'm just making this up if you are trying to get pregnant and, you know, it's it's becoming more regimented, possibly it's harder to have that um, love and feel in all the time because it feels more mechanical and but no one wants to say anything because you have an end goal in mind, then really you still both have to be honest and say, I know this is really tough. I'm really kind of, as much as I love you, I'm not feeling super sexy right now, but yeah, we'll go ahead. But let's make sure that we have that super sexy moment in a few days. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. just just that open honesty within all realms of your relationship. I'd like you to just, you know, not right now, but go back and think about is there some things that you have left unsaid that you really would like to say but you feel like it'd be bad if you said it. And the same thing, challenge your partner to say, is there something that, you know, you want to say but you feel that you'd hurt my feelings? You know, please say it. And say it in a nice way so that we can discuss it rather than both of us feel unheard and then have some little bit of resentment start to build up, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I think that would be really helpful. Um, another okay. thing I would like to ask you is, do you have issues with your feet? Um, well, I, I have something called Raynaud syndrome where my hands and feet uh, go uh, numb and lose circulation quite frequently, and actually, that my feet are numb right now. <laughs> I've been sitting on the porch, so my feet are freezing, even though it's six it's, degrees it's, here. It's, so. it's all related to your menstrual issues. It's all one in the same. Okay. It's all okay. one in the same. Hmm. So, Kathy, go ahead. I just wanted to add that. No, uh, uh, I think you know. Why don't you actually expand on that, Andrew? Because I think people would be very interested. 
sometimes when we have spiritual issues that manifest into medical issues later in our lives, it's truly about our, our level of awareness we had when we, we were growing up. There are times when we were young, we were able to ready to rule the world because our awareness was fully there. And there were times when you had full awareness there and you ignored body pains, did stuff that affected the menstrual cycle negatively, et cetera, et cetera. And this, mm -hmm. this is going to have to really call for you to come up to the greater forgiving you and beginning to heal and think of some of the worst menstrual cycles you've had, the top five in your memory, and go back in your mind and begin to heal them. Have you heard me on this show talk about you know people going back in their mind, visualizing that person from a younger age? Uh, yes, uh, bits and bits and pieces, not, not any that I can recall right now, but I think through, um, living the mystical life daily, I've heard you yeah, say something we, like we, that. We've, we've talked about that before where mm -hmm. just grab a picture. You knew how bad you were, how good you were in those pictures. Mm -hmm. Find the ones where you were in, in the worst shape, but the smile was still on and you know, inside okay. And you use that as your visualization and your meditation to connect to that individual being and send forgiving and loving energy to heal that trauma of that moment. So the future you no longer has that as trauma in their body. Hmm. Okay? okay. You, your story is all about trauma, body trauma, body trauma, body trauma, body trauma. Hmm. Okay? How many, in, how many injuries have you ignored in your life? Oh, it'll be. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Too that many. Just like me. <laughs> Too yeah. many. Yeah. And now you have the manifestation. Okay. Mm. To remove okay. the manifestation is going to have to truly require the spiritual you to step up into sacred ceremonies, have healing, cranial sacral therapy, other forms of healing, acknowledge that right now you can't have a child. You can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard me say that before. You just can't do it. You have to yeah. say that out loud to your, to your partner, maybe in a year from now. But right now, you can't. Your womb is mm -hmm. not ready for it, period. It would kill you if you did. Okay. Okay? That's a hard thing for you to admit to your, to your, your husband now, isn't it? Well, um, I mean... He, I think he's a little more accepting of that. Um, he just says, you know, like whenever the time is right, then it, then it will happen. Um, I'm and talking I, about I actually, you. I'm talking about oh. you, not him. It's hard for okay. you to say that to him. Yes or no? Um, I don't think it, no, because I, I, I have explained to him, you know, when, when all of these various issues were coming up, that there might be a possibility that I may not be able to. And if he was okay with that and he, you know, said, of course, you, you, you know. are at, you are at that time where you need to say that. Okay? okay. And it may be harder than you think. Okay. Okay. You may discover a month or two months afterwards, you still want to have a child for him mm -hmm. and not for the both of you. Hmm. Okay. There are very subtle things driving you here from your menstrual cycle to be pregnant and to not be pregnant, to acknowledge the body's issue and to not acknowledge the body's issue. Heal the body. Begin mm -hmm. personal ceremonies. Take the time to actually truly go and research healing. Have as many healings on yourself that you can do, preferably cranial sacral. 
Why do I keep promoting cranial sacral for this process? Because it'll do the greatest good at removing the traumas that you've experienced, which is.